everyone, welcome back to another edition of the SBK Betting Podcast, where we, we roll into this week after a pretty successful weekend, last weekend for the team. Three out of three on the naps, which I uh, don't think we've had many before. So delighted we're coming into this in good form. Uh, Ross Miller delivered with a 5-1 to one winning nap over the jumps in the shape of Eglinton to store. We're pleased to see that come through. And then TC, what a weekend, uh, your favourite Persian force, uh, winning and uh, en route to Royal Alaska, looking like a ever good a two-year-old as you hoped he would be, and hitting the crossbar with errors and sorry missed. But even though my winning nap was Tiber Flo who beat errors, I have to think that that horse errors might come on out on top next time out. A really good um, edition of that race last weekend at Newbury, and uh, we're going to start with a race for this weekend that, that ties in really strongly with that as it's another very competitive six furlong sprint a good bunch of three-year-olds really at this distance that we can have another race very similar to the race last Saturday at Newbury uh, with a lot of form ties as well and uh, El Caballo who beat Tiber Flow is currently the favourite for this Sandy Lane stakes uh, at five to two but joint favourite I should say with Go Bears Go at five to two who had errors behind him and then we got Flaming Rib six to one Katura ten to one with wings of War and 12 to 1 bigger the rest. So I'll start with UTC. Uh, because as I said, Era is your number one fan. He gave he got very, very close for you last week. Essentially, do you think that Go Bears Go in here will confirm that Era's form in, in what looks like a really nice race? This yeah, it's a really nice addition of the Sandy Lane. Um, I'm still not over Eras' defeat. Look, well done for your winner and Tiber, Tiber Flow. He ran a great race, but uh, I thought Eras was the best colt in there. He was ahead in front of the line and after the line, but uh, just got chinned on the line. And I do think the form will be franked with Go Bears Go. I think what's crucial with, with the uh, Sandy Lane is the fact that since 2012, six of the nine winners of this race have been tried over seven furlongs or further prior to running in the Sandy Lane, dropping back to six. I think stamina is crucial over this kind of trip at Haydock. And the likes of Go Bears Go, although he didn't stay seven furlongs particularly well, he stays six really well. He's like a six and a half furlong colt, and I think that's perfect uh, for this race. The exceptions to the, the rule that I just said, that six of the nine have won, that have been tried over seven furlongs or further, are Harry Angel, who was just a phenomenal sprinter, Quiet Reflection, who went on to, to run at seven furlongs and was already proven on heavy ground over six, and Aday, who won subsequently over seven furlongs. So stamina really is strong here. Um, most of the protagonists in this year's renewal actually have previously tackled seven furlongs or have proven stamina at the trip. The only two exceptions are Keturah and Wings of War, both trained by Clive Cox. I'll be against those two at this stage. Siding with Go Bears Go, as you say, there are very few three-year-old cults out there that are this gutsy and determined. He just loves racing. He tries his heart out every time. He beat a good horse, as I said last time, in, in Eras. I think that form will be boosted here. Go Bears Go for me in the Sandy Lane. Okay, Go Bears Go, looking through, I agree with you. He's so hardy, he is. But I just was wondering, to get your opinion on this, Will he get his own way out in front with El Caballo, who's likely to go on too? And I just feel like they could just take each other on just, just a little bit, which might set it up for some of those coming off the pace. Yeah, there's a good possibility that they take each other on. But this is a sprint, isn't it? I mean, these horses only really have one early gear. Um, there are a couple of hold-up horses, but most of them are just run and gun types. Um, I don't really mind if Gobezgo gets taken on. Actually, I think that's probably a positive, given how he fights in a finish. I think that will suit him. Uh, it won't suit El Caballo as much. El Caballo, we should also say, has been put up by a couple of tipsters earlier this week and his price has just plummeted. I don't think he's the value in this race at all. Yeah, five to two for a horse that uh, is, 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 obviously you see all the form figures behind him, but I think he would have 
uh, Tiber Flow would have got to him in another stride last time out. And it's just the, the strength of the form with Gobez Go, especially from his two-year-old days as well, um, looks very good. James, your thoughts? It's interesting to see here, you know, what, tracks wise, hey, don't you know, you know yourself riding as in, in many tracks as, as you have done in your years, but Haydock and Ascot, similar enough, go, Bez, go, looked like he was, you know, relished that, 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 that test to Ascot. Um, do you think it could be as straightforward for him this time? Um, he's got a very good record at Ascot, hasn't he? Go, go, Bez, go. Um, he should be able to transfer that to Haydock. He has had a real tough juvenile career, so it's great to see him come back with such a convincing win, I thought, and Ascot in his return and uh, a nice stepping stone to the Sandy Lane. Uh, when he went to Breeders' Cup, he actually struggled with to put blinkers on him, struggled to get a handy position, and he stayed on really strongly. So he hasn't got to lead if there is a really strong pace burner. You're concerned of El Caballo. That was his first race he really had, wasn't it, last time at Newcastle? He dominated some pretty weak races on your weather. When you compare to what Gobez Go was running in and switching from weather to turf, it doesn't always transfer. So that's the only question mark um, against that. He's on a roll, isn't he? Five in a row. So confidence is, is sky high. But I think Gobez Go is the class angle at the moment, but he might be vulnerable to improvement, and that is El Cavallo. Of the others, they all look a little bit more on the exposed side. Clive Cox has obviously got two in the, in the field, both beaten on their return. Um, Katura, I always felt he's better at five last year. So as TC says, it can be quite a strong test over the six furlongs here in the Sand Elena to Haydock, and that might not play to his strengths, but Adam has chosen over Wings of War. So, on the whole, I think it's a race that will be dominated by the top two in the market and purely toughness personified. Go Bears Go. I'm, I'm going to stick with him. And I think he's a good flag bearer for the Loch Nain Yard. So, confidence behind Go Bears Go for James and TC. Ross, on uh, your thoughts for this now, because uh, you, you like hierarchy last week. You did probably sort of underperformed a little bit, but the form ties there with errors and the likes. It's all sort of leading into Go Bears Go looking like the better. the the strong strong horse in the race as the guys was, was saying you, i know that you're not keen on uh have um on horses at this price but he does look and on ratings as well he is the standout yeah he is he's got a, a, a very strong sort of uh, collection collection of form um i've actually gone with one that, that both guys sort of oppose and i can understand why they oppose him but katura is 10 to 1 um he was very impressive when flashing home in the in the flying children's over five but was doing all his best work late on. Then two weeks later, went to the middle park. And I thought he ran a bit flat in that you'd have expected a five furlong horse to have traveled much the best into the race. And he didn't. He was under the pump from a fair way out. But was only beaten a length and a half in fifth. Just a neck behind Go Bears Go. Well, Go Bears Go is five to two. Katura is 10 to one. I take on board what the guys say about the stamina. But he's got two siblings, both of which stayed seven furlongs and, and one stayed a mile. I thought his reappearance running Shanti in a group three was good. I thought he looked to get tired later on and a couple of Clive Coxes have looked to step forward for the run this year. So I just thought, you know, at, at 10 to one uh, on, a, on a flat enough track, I, I thought he was a, a bit of value against Go Bears Go, who is, a, you know, to my mind, the, the best piece of form in the race. Yeah, um, that's it. it's, it's an interesting assessment of Kachira. Um, he didn't seem to do anything too wrong last time in in Shanti. A, a good opportunity found there. Um, I, I haven't been able to rewatch the race. We've been trying to find it, but is that what what did you make of that performance? It, it, I I thought he looked like he sort of had a fair old battle most of the way, got on top close home, and then got chinned in the last sort of hundred yards. So I think he was a little bit unlucky. I think he did sort of. Um, get a bit tired late on um now 
it could well be that PC and uh, James are right and that he is a five furlong horse and that stretched him. But he knuckled down really well in the middle park. And like I said, I don't think that was a, a, a real showing of him. So I'm prepared to try him again. Um, and uh, if he needs to go back to five furlongs, then, then so be it. Yeah, in title term, might have just need the rung as well. Okay, so that's 10 to 1 Kachura for Ross. Um, I'm going to go with a, another hardy sort, Flaming Rib, who was a really progressive two-year-old last year um, when trained by Tom Daskam, now obviously in the care of Hugo Palmer. He's just going really good guns now. He's he's taken over. Um, they tried him in the green over seven furlongs, and he obviously just didn't stay. I saw a quote saying that Michael Owen had these dreams that he could possibly be a guinea horse. He clearly isn't. And being brought back to six, uh, back to five furlongs. Um, in fact, at Chester last time, saw the best him to best effect. He's now up to six, but he's a really solid and likable horse who puts in always puts in a good performance. And uh, at six to one, he's a he's a nice he's a nice each way just about price for me. Probably worth mentioning. Uh, Joe Lyons sends over Beauty and Spies two out of two, and Joe Lyons doesn't like normally sending horses over to England. So he's interesting to, to follow at 14 to 1. But that's the Sandy Lane stakes. We'll see if the uh, the Go Bears Go train keeps on, on rolling for Dave Lotnane, who's been going really good guns. Um, but we'll head into the Temple Stakes again for sprinters at 345 over five furlongs. And it sees the return of the speed star um, queen, Winter Power. Uh, and uh, she's looking to, to, to build on what was a fantastic season. Uh, last year with a win in the Nunthorpe Stakes and she was a winner on her seasonal reappearance as well so the market thinks that she's is going to get it off to another flyer she's six to four from Twilight Calls off the back of a slightly probably frustrating Bruce Connections run in the Palace House Stakes last time at Newmarket he is uh, five to one came from the darkest 92 and there's a bit of a jump out to 12 to one for last Crusader um, James I'll start with you first because I think there's quite a nice bunch of sprinters now. Sometimes we see time after time these races where we sort of could be anything that could come out of the pack and win a race like this. But Winter Power is, a, she's a really likable, good, good sort. And she kind of just blitz a field like this. And uh, it could be, it could be that again. Or do you think that there's something that within this that can cause a bit of an upset? Just the way of Winter Power is it three runs, three wins at York last year, three impressive wins. Three runs elsewhere, ninth, tenth, and eighth. Uh, Ascot, Curran, and Longchamp at the end of the season, and you can easily make excuses for that. But she's very inconsistent as, as a two-year-old. I remember they talked about how good she was, and I think she ended up winning a nursery off seventy-six because she'd been so disappointing in her first two runs. Jane got beat at Goodwood, making a quick return, uh, and then went on to be a very good juvenile. So there's always a chance that she can blow very much hot and cold. So while she's by far the best, I fish a mark of hundred and seventeen. And I wouldn't be surprised if she bolted up. I'm going to look elsewhere. And a lot of these sprint races, you get a little bit of a muchness. And, and Twilight Calls is a horse who, for me, is always flattered to deceive a little bit because he's been very highly regarded by Henry Candy, a son of his own Twilight son. And he ran well in, in the Palace House, but he looked like he was going to be much better than the finish in fifth. And I'm not sure how strong that renewal was. So I'm going to put up a couple uh, bigger prices each way. Mosgill, he definitely really isn't one for wind punters, but he was second to Kings Lynn. Um, at the track last year he's very consistent uh, as for the runners up spots if you ignore when he disappoints um, that York behind Winter Power I felt he's ridden quite negatively in an unforp and, and the pace just held up and, and that's why he didn't run too well there but otherwise he had three seconds from four runs in, in the UK last year Ed Bethel's horses are in form he's not having much luck winners wise but they're running well so I could see him 
being second or third at, at a nice price. And White Lavender is an interesting runner because Cole Burke has got an absolutely outstanding record of his juvenile fillies in particular. Um, but the first run for the yard was a pretty impressive win at Bath in listed company. Um, she can probably step up on that. And again, probably not good enough, but I could see her running well at a, a huge price for a, a bit of each way money. So it's a race where I wouldn't be surprised if Winter Power absolutely bolts up, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if she bombed out and, and at the prices, she's very short. I think you can just take a bit of a chance and earn it and a couple of bigger prices. Yeah, it's a bit like the lock-ins last week where there was such a short price favourite. A lot of very good, talented horses were, were, were exaggerated prices based on that. So um, Moskill, you can get 16 to 1 and White Lavender, 25 to 1. Um, and definitely a nice each-way value there. Um, I, I I think that... Uh, uh, like you guys were saying in the last race, that the, this could be dominated by the, the top horse in the market. Bar Twilight calls, who I agree with James. I'm interested to see what, what TC you think. Um, he has been just a little bit frustrating. Although watch, re-watching that Palace House stakes, he, he looked like he was just on the wrong side of the track perhaps that day at, that, at Newmarket. But he just always goes off a short price. I can't follow him in enough. I do think came from the dark, however, wasn't necessarily given the the ride that I would have wanted him to and I think he's the horse that can bounce back from that whereas Twilight Calls it's just it's a, a horse that I just I, I just get frustrated with do you, do you see what that my perspective with, with the, is on that if it even though he even though Twilight Calls came far ahead of him yeah I, I don't like Twilight Calls at all I think he's a horse that travels extremely well through his races and then just often flatters to deceive and in those races mm -hmm. he does win he it tends to be his opposition are actually faltering close to home rather than him pushing clear. Um, I think he's been flattened many times in his races. Look, he's a very talented horse. I don't want to completely rule him out of this race, but if, if he's there and other horses are traveling as well, um, I wouldn't be backing him in play. That's for certain. Another horse who I won't be backing is Winter Power. Now, I'm very much in agreement with exactly what James said in here, uh, with her in this race. She comes out on top on figures um, pretty mm. easily as well. Three pounds ahead of Last Crusader. He gets to three-year-old allowance, but six pounds ahead of her next rival. But York definitely ties into her best performances. And she seems to be all or nothing. Like she's won seven of her 15 races, but her last four defeats, she's finished 10th, 9th, 10th, 8th. There is no in-between ground. She either wins and makes all from the front or she bombs out completely. And that is not for me at a short price. Um, mm. Okay, yes, she's very talented, but you know I don't want to be taking six to four or whatever about a, a filly that could just easily bomb out and finish out the back of the TV. I'm going to stick with came from the dark. <clears throat> now, maybe this is a heart overhead again. I seem to say this every week with a heart overhead decision, but I tipped him last time at Newmarket. Completely agree with you on this as well. Um, he didn't get given the best ride at all. But saying that, he didn't really fire either. Like this is a horse who should be finishing well over the sprint trips um, and he didn't really seem to pick up. Yes, he wasn't put in the best possible position, but it was a little bit disappointing nevertheless. I'm hoping he's going to take a big step forward. Ed Walker's horses... Um, have been a bit in and out like he's had a few winners I think four winners over the last 14 days but he's had some that have disappointed as well um, I think the return to Haydock will be the the big plus for came from the dark he's three from five at the track this race should set up perfectly I actually saw him at Ed Walker's yard this morning as well and he was just sat chilled in in his box so um, I'm hopeful that came from the dark will come out on top yeah I, I agree with you and I think ground could be quite key might have just been on the quicker side for him at Newmarket last time and I, I think if it is if it is nice, good ground, um, there's been a bit of good bit of rain this week, and um, that might help him just slightly as well. Tom Mark one back on board as well. He's got a good record for him. So I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you with there uh, with came from the dark. I do think uh, Ross is a horse in here, last crusader, 
who uh, is shot, really impressed me last time. Don't know where that win came from because the, the form had been a bit in and out before, but Carl Burke is just a point with him where he's just, he's able to really improve horses. And this is, this is one of those. And as a three-year-old gets a good weight allowance of others. Uh, absolutely. I, I think you've hit on it. Yeah. I mean, and, and you were impressed. I was impressed. And, and most importantly, the handicapper was impressed up, up 10 pounds. Um, Carl Burke does seem to do very well improving horses and he seems to get horses on, on winning runs. You go through his form, he gets lots of horses racking up a sequence. Um, I think it's quite interesting. She's, uh, he's turned out again. Um, you know, you have to take a bit of a chance with that. Um, and he is drawn a little bit wide on the wing, but I could see him jumping and, and going forward again. He had a huge, great long stride. Um, that five pound he gets from, from uh, winter power is, is, is useful. Um, and yeah, I just thought 12 to one, he was, he was a big price for a horse that you know is going there in form. And as TC hit on, there's a few in here that, yes, we say they're talented, but they, they do quite a good job of hiding it sometimes. So, you know, he's getting there. He's in, he's in great form. You know, he's a sprinter. So it's not like he's running a three mile chase, you know, a, a week on. I think they can turn out a bit quicker than perhaps some of the stamina horses. So, yeah, I just I just thought at the prices he was he was huge value. Yeah, that's a good point. It, only nine days ago, that that win. Well, once he runs on Saturday, it'll only have been nine nine days after that win. And and sometimes, you know, you make hay when the while the sun shines. Especially with these sprinters, they can just bounce from race to race, as Gobez Go did um, last year when he went from Ascot to to Ireland and and won. And they they just can do that, can't they? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they they they'd be working over something like you know four, four or five furlongs most most mornings anyway so yeah you know um just run them if if they're in form um so yeah i thought 12 to 1 was a was a was a big big price um for a yard that's going along very well yeah and we just don't you know the the limits of his ability yet either if he is uh, he's definitely going the right way okay so there's an interesting one uh, for ross at last crusader 12 to 1 came for the dark uh, for myself and tc 92 moskill and white lavender, but value there for, for Jane, 16 to 1, Moskill, white lavender, 25 to 1. Um, we're going to head from uh, the UK over to Ireland as uh, the Coral hosts both the uh, Irish 2000 guineas and the Irish 1000 guineas this weekend. Um, 320 on Saturday is the uh, Irish 2000 guineas for the three-year-olds and native trail as expected, really, 4 to 11 um, to uh, to win and and sort of give William Burke a bit of redemption for for getting for being second to Creebus at in the English version of the race. Um, Buckaroo is four to one. Uh, Wexford Native then is a, is a bit of a jump out fourteen to one. Ivy League fourteen to one. Twenty two to one. Big the rest as the market suggests. Um, at TC Native Trail should win this and should win it well. And if that is if he can just repeat what he did in the in the English 2000 guineas he should be too good for this field shouldn't he yeah completely uh, there's no denying that native trail is definitely the horse to beat in here he was very unlucky to bump into a horse with the ability of Caribus at uh, Newmarket he actually shaped really well despite losing his unbeaten record there as well clear-cut second um, just a very talented horse he ran creditably and he's one from one at the Curra. there are very few things that put you off native trail the price is probably the only one um, if you're a punter, I mean, most people don't want to be back in horses at that shorter price. But if you want the winner of the race, then Native Trail is by far the most likely horse to do that. I'm going to try to find the value in each way play. I'm hopeful that that's Duke Decessa. 
Um, he's a son of Lope de Vega, trained by Dermot Weld, who is fantastic at getting horses ready. And that Dermot actually said that this Irish one, uh, 2000 guineas will be the target for Duke de Sessa when he won the Group 3 Airfield Stakes in October last year. He's had two runs this season, both over a mile, two furlongs. I thought he shaped beautifully in the Bally Sacks when he finished well. Uh, sorry, he, he stacked up nicely from a long way out. He just didn't finish very well in that race. And then last time in the Derby trial, I think it was more a test of whether he was actually going to stay 10 furlongs because we didn't really find that out in the Bally Sacks. He was held up off the speed in a race that was dominated by those who were ridden prominently, including Stone Age, who won the race and is now one of the favourites for the Derby. He never really made any inroads. He swung wide off the bend. I think there are plenty of reasons just to put a line through that effort. The drop back to a mile should suit. He's a big price for an each-way player in this race. Um, and I want to be taking a little bit of that. Okay, Duke Dessa, um, trying to come. I just I wasn't sure about trip for him. Obviously, they were trying to campaign him uh, as a as a potential derby horse, but um coming back to the to the trip that he has won over, um, but that was back in his two-year-old days. He needs to get back to winning ways 25 to 1 as well um, to do that. So that's uh, for TC. Um, Ross, a horse that was ahead of Duke Sessa uh, in the Bally Sacks was Buckaroo. And I was really impressed with this, with this horse. Um, he probably could have uh, could have given the uh, the English 1,000 guineas, uh, 2,000 guineas, excuse me, a go, a go, but they've kept him at home. Um, he's definitely, whereas Duke Sessa, I'm not sure whether he's improved as a three-year-old. This is a horse that definitely has. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to, to echo what TC said, it's it's a disappointing betting heat, really. It would be a great race to watch if, if Native Trail can show what he's shown so far. Um, and you would say that a lot of these in behind Native Trail are probably going to be campaigning over over further. It'd be no surprise if Native Trailer was just kept at a mile and was an out-and-out miler, whereas a lot of these might well end up over further. Buckaroo is perhaps is perhaps one of those. I think they were toying with the idea of the Irish, Irish Derby. Um, I think the faster they go in this, the more it's going to suit him. Because um, I think he has got assured stamina. Um, I didn't have a strong opinion, but I just thought of, of all those in behind Native Trail, he was the most likely to chase him home. Um, I think he's got a bit of speed. He'll stay very well. You know, he beat Wexford Native and, and Malix very easily last time out over course and distance. I see absolutely no reason why they would reverse the form. Um, so it's not terribly exciting. Um, but I think he, he'd be the forecast play or the play without the favourite if that's that's what you would like to do. Yeah, 4 to 1 for Buckaroo. He's got a heap of entries going from ranging from a mile all the way up to a mile four for the pre to Triumph at the end of the year. So they've they clearly think, and being by Fastnet Rock and out of a Galileo mare, that's definitely, um, I, I'd imagine, could be completely what, what he can get, get in time. But I just worry he might not have because of that the speed to go with with Native Trail, who is he's just he's he's so he's so excellent um, at, at you know at, at showing that. Um, yeah, interesting. It'd be interesting. I was wondering, James, what you thought about how uh, William Buett will try and, and ride Native Trail because he could, you know, as we know, he he hits that sort of customary flat spot a bit, but he, he does have a lot of speed against these horses that are could be more stayers. So do you think he's just going to do his customary and try and keep it simple? Or, could he try and go out and make all? I think he's a very easy ride. Whatever William wants to do, it don't matter. Um, he was beat by a good horse in, in Carabas, and the draw one and fifteen. Not many horses from high numbers figured for on the Saturday and Sunday of Newmarket. So while I think that the best horse won, you could argue he was a little bit unlucky, and, and he was racing well away from from his main rival. So I think he was a little bit unfortunate. In a normal year, he would have won the two thousand guineas. It was a strong, it was a really strong renewal this year. Uh, this 
gives me no interest whatsoever, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> Bakaru looks a solid one for the forecast spot. He's improved nicely from two to three. Um, but what we've seen, all these horses have all run against each other and they've all struggled, really. Um, none of them are standouts. And I think both the Irish 2000 and the 1000 suffer from bigger races in, in the UK that are targeted from those that ran at Newmarket. And um, it's a nice opportunity, really, for Native Trail to, to get a confidence booster back. And if you do like back and also on, there's loads of pluses because the only negative you had was his recent races have been at Newmarket, but he travelled nicely over to the cover last year and that mm. didn't, didn't phase him. So, yeah, he's as, as, as close as a certainty as, as to what we discussed in the pod because uh, National Hunt races, you've got the 18 obstacles and such, you've only got the stalls. So, yeah, he's uh, he's got just absolutely amazing chance. But, uh, yeah, a little bit frustrating. It's not a stronger race to talk about. Yeah, it's, it's really not really much of a betting heat at all. And perhaps there could be some each race selections, just a bit like the lock-inch of last week, which was uh, was proved quite right that um, there was uh, just horses was trying to get into the placings behind um, such a good horse. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, there's probably not a huge amount more to add. I'm going to throw in Atomic Jones uh, for Joe Lyons at 22 to 1, a, a son of um, Wooten Bassett, who I was really um, impressed with on his first two runs. Um, at two, BTE actually beat Stone Age, um, one of the, the Derby favourites as a two-year-old, but was behind him on his on his first run at three. But I thought he didn't get a best run through. By the time he did, the, the bird had flown and Stone Age had just sort of set his own fractions out in front. So I think he could be a little bit better than what we saw there. But yeah, not a huge, huge betting race um, uh, for, for, for this uh, Irish 2000 guineas. Actually, as the market... Had suggested, and I'm we're not surprised by Nature Data Trail at four to eleven um, to uh, to win a, a classic for for Godolphin and William Buick. Okay, we'll head into the final race that we're going to look at, which is the Irish One Thousand Guineas, which is a better betting heat, a bit like the English version. Actually, um, we don't have final declarations, but uh, we uh, we assume that a good uh, majority of these uh, fillies will line up Tuesday. Who's Got a very good uh, case and has has been tipped up big time for for the Oaks herself. She ran a good race in the Irish uh, in the English One Thousand Guineas. She's seven to four. Homeless songs we've been waiting for has gone from missing plenty of opportunities. Is looks like she's going to run here at eleven to four. History five to one. Um, Pearl plays eight to one. A new newcomer for William Haggis, an interesting horse. And Mise on Steen, who was unable to run in the English version um, the day of um, because of the temperature. Uh, we'll line up here at nine to one, ten to one bar that, and we can give these prices should the guys need it. Um, TC, well, I'll start with you again and get your opinions on on what's more of an open race and, and a fair few fillies in here that uh, haven't really been tested at this highest level. Um, but Tuesday showed proved that she's capable of, of being very, very competitive. Yeah, Tuesday's the form setter, isn't she? She ran third in the in the English 1000 guineas. I thought it was a very good effort. She seems to be coming there to win the race, actually. And then I thought she flattened out close to home. Maybe that was inexperience uh, because she definitely stays the trip. She's going to stay much further. And that's probably the reason why I'm actually taking her on here. Not the fact that she flattened out in the, close, uh, in the closing stages, but the fact that I think she's going to be much better over a mile and a half. And that might just be the, the factor that gets her beaten in this race. Now, as I say, she is the horse to beat. She deserves to be favourite. There's no doubt about that. I'd just be disappointed if she wins this. And not from a talent perspective, just I, I think there are better milers in here. Homeless Songs could be one of them. She's a filly that really impressed me last time. Um, wicked turn of foot. As soon as she gets asked for any effort, she quickens up very takingly. She found two lengths in about three strides last time. It was magnificent acceleration. She's, I think, it's the horse to beat. 
but I'm going to try and find two at double figure prices. Hopefully both run. As you say, we don't have the final field, but uh, I'm pretty sure both have been targeted at the race. The first is Panama Red. Um, she beat History in a maiden last year. History is obviously running in this race and is uh, half the price or a third of the price of Panama Red, who's kind of been overlooked in the market for JL Lions. She's had no luck in two starts this term. Last time out at Leopardstown, I thought she was the best filly in the race, but she just had no luck at all in running. Colin Keane switched to the inside. Her race was over at that point. <clears throat> there was no way she was going to claw back the deficit. I think you can put a tick next to her name for the trip. I think she proved that day she handled a mile um, and she's a massive price. I think she's overpriced in this field. The other one, I'm not too sure if she is overpriced or if I'm just hoping that she's going to be a lot better than um, some of these horses, and that's Hermana Estrella. She only had one start. I'm kind of taking a shot on her because I think she has the, the biggest amount of potential in the field. Last year, she made her debut for Fozzie Stack in a group three at Nace. She was 50 to one. It was a very good race. Contrally Chapel was in the field. Uh, Quick Susie, who finished second, uh, went on to win at Royal Ascot, was also in the field. Yet Hamana Estrella just decided to beat them. <laughs> it all ends up and punters were like, what's going on here? A first time starters beating these real good form horses. We haven't seen her since. Uh, who knows if she's trained off from two to three? Who knows if she's actually going to run in the race? But what she showed that day was a high level of ability. And if she has trained on, I think she could be one of those at a big price to cause a shock. Yeah, it's fascinating. I wonder what uh, if there has been an issue, a setback or whatever it was. Um, she's 10 to one and uh, she's got plenty of entries. Though. Interestingly, she's got a Commonwealth Cup entry as well. So uh, they're probably just uh, working out here. Um, stepping up from the six furlongs to a mile for the first time, what it is that she'll she will uh, she'll be best effective over. But yeah, she's a really curious uh, filly, uh, and she is ten to one. As I said, Panama Red is fourteen to one. So that's two nice each way selections. Um, whilst you love finding some value as well in a race like this, where there's a, a lot of unknown quantities, what have you worked out? Well, I, I agree, with TC. I think Homeless Songs is has, has got the best turn of foot that suggests she might be a better miler than Tuesday. I can completely agree with that so I've taken a line of form off that with uh, Jessica Harrington's Villanova Queen Jessica Harrington won 2018 1000 guineas with a, a daughter of master craftsman in Alpha Centauri and this is another um, she was given quite an odd ride last time in that she she won on her second start at two over a mile uh, and was ridden fairly prominently and then was held up last time over seven furlongs in the in the guineas trial and, and sort of did well to finish third I don't think she would have beaten homeless songs whatever way she was ridden but I just thought at 20 to one versus homeless songs at 11 to four, if she's given a more forceful ride this time, um, slightly more forward and not having to do quite so much work in the sort of mid part of the race. Um, I thought 20 to one, she's, she's not without ability for certain. Um, and I think she is one that's uh, overpriced in a race that's very open. Mm, okay. Yeah. 20 to one for the Nova queen, um, plenty of potential there. Um, James, I'll come to you. Homeless songs, uh, the guys have touched on. And she's she is eleven to four, and she has come out and, and won this this season very impressively, and is clearly on the upgrade. Is there any reason to believe she can't um, confirm that performance at Leopardstown? The worry is last year she beat Agatha by two lengths on her debut at Leopardstown, eight to one. That kind of performance wasn't expected, and then she had a little bit of time off the track. Returned back in September. Um, a couple of months later, um, it was only fifth and sixth, ran solid races, but went off at nine to four and six to four. So it's a better was expected. And I just worry, does she do it best first time? Does she repeat it subsequently? Um, so that's a slight negative for, for her. If Aidan O'Brien thinks that Tuesday is good enough to win the Irish 1000, bearing in mind pedigree, screams, oaks, 
it would suggest that he thinks it's not a particularly strong race and that perhaps he can back up and do both. Um, so if Aiden declares Tuesday, we're still waiting for final decks, I'd be sticking with her. I, I didn't think it was a particularly strong Iris Thousand. Again, history, the other Bayadora runner, um, she's starting to find her feet. She won at Gore in, in September and then returned, beating Agatha, uh, like Homeless Songs did, um, by three quarters of a length. So there's not much between her and, and Homeless Songs, and history might be more progressive than Homeless Songs. So it's a race full of question marks. I've not really got anything at, at, at a big price either. Meeson uh, scene, not quite sure what, what she she did last year as, as such. She went over to America, not beaten very far um, at, at Del Mar fourth to inspire with that performance worked out exceptionally well regarding the English 1000. So they'd be gutted to, to have missed that, but um, I've been intrigued to see how she gets on uh, from, from two to three. She's the only one that we've not really seen in action recently, but I thought Tuesday, I thought that was a really solid run on just a third start in, in the 1000. And if Aiden decides to run her, I think that's a, a good decision in my book and, and I'll stick with her. Yeah. She looks like a filly who might just need, benefit from more racing experience because she did look quite green and a long way in a short space of time and she really compared yeah. to most of the rivals that have had a, a good two-year-old career whereas she only had one run and i think she's surprised by how well she won her return to even step up for, for the 1000 mm. yeah definitely and, and this even if you know is not a huge amount of gap between this and the, the oaks it will benefit her um, and being a, a full sister to minding she's only going to improve as she gets older as well um so um, confidence behind Tuesday um, for James at seven to four. You've touched on history, a filly that I quite like for the uh, for the English version, but she wasn't um, she wasn't declared in the end, and she's uh, she's one that's that got good form in behind Agatha. She beat her so similarly to Homeless Songs already this season, but she's a she's a bigger price at five to one. She's another one that based on breeding was only going to improve. She might even want further as well in time, um, but in an open enough race. Um, I'm happy to, to go with her at five to one. So, uh, yeah, in, an interesting uh, renewal of the Irish 1000 guineas um, following in on the Irish 2000 guineas on Saturday. And we get, we've had a look at four races, um, but we've still got naps and next bets to go through. And uh, don't forget, new SVK customers will get £30 of free bets by depositing £10. We, uh, we did pretty well at this, guys, last week. So no pressure uh, for naps and next bets. Um, and I'll start with, with Ross. So I'm sticking to the level this week. Um, the nap comes in the 413 from Musselburgh and it's Hiltz. Um, got himself very well handicapped in three runs as a two-year-old over seven furlongs. And he went into my notebook for going up in trip. Um, he duly found all sorts of trouble over 10 furlongs at Redcar last time. Um, and I was feeling very sorry for myself. And then he extricated himself and miraculously flew home and got up on the line. Um, he's been raised six pound for that but he goes up another two furlongs now. I think that extra two furlongs and fingers crossed a less troubled passage in running will see him comfortably defy that six pound rise. Uh, and then next best is in the 420 at Haydock, Leopold Bloom um, won on debut uh, at Thirsk and he went so wide around the bend, he actually disappeared off the TV screen. Um, he's then been a bit disappointed. He was quite highly tried the next time at Doncaster then go on your weather and then look last time to not sort of get, perhaps get home over seven furlongs. He's quite a keen going sort. So I think this drop back to six furlongs is quite interesting. Um, runs off a marker 75 and the horse he beat on that debut at, uh, at Thirsk one couple of weeks back off 77. So I think marker 75 looks more than fair. And I think this drop back to six furlongs with Tom Marconda uh, looks promising. 
Okay, two nice selections there, and on the flat. Um, but I'm sh I, I assume we'll be back. There's, there's we'll, no, we'll be back. We haven't converted you completely, have we? Not a chance, Jess. There. I'm afraid, not a chance. <laughs> Kelsey Leopold Bloom for for Ross. Um, James, on to you next. Yeah, I'll fire Ross in. Hilts is my nap of the day as well. Slightly different reasoning, so I back Zinnerman. Uh, he was my one of my three years to follow, and he got chinned on the line by Hilts at, at red car. Now Zinnerman has actually gone on. To win at Haydock um, last time out, two starts later. So he's actually six pound worse off of Hilts. And as Ross documented earlier, Hilts would have been an unlucky loser. So for me, Hilts is at the nap of the day um, at Muster Run the 413, like Ross. And the other one I'm going to go for another two yard I like from last year, Bosch. Um, he was really tough there, Richard Hannon. I liked him when I saw him at Newbury when he won as a juvenile. He was second in the big sales race over in Ireland. A good third in his return. It's an open three yard handicap. That's uh, 145 at Goodwood over seven furlongs. I think he's got a crack in each way chance. He might just get his head in front. Uh, Jamie Spencer might just suit Bosch as well. So that's two three-year-olds, different types. One that's a little bit exposed in Bosch, um, but we know what we're going to get. And I'm following Ross in with Hiltz. Okay, Hiltz um, is, uh, is the name to take away already from our, our nap selections. Um, Bosch as well. Definitely think the Hannon horses have needed the run too. So yeah. Um, let's, let's hopeful for, for Bosch at Goodwood. Um, I'll TC coming on to you next. Have you got Hilts in there? Uh, no, Jess. I'm actually taking Hilts on, but we'll get to that in a second. We'll start, with, we'll start with a nap, and that is third realm in the 325 at Goodwood, the listed Tapster Stakes. This horse beat Adio in the Lingfield Derby trial last year, winless since. Um, I think he's been given some tough tasks. This is a race that Roger Varian's targeted in the past. He won it in 2015 and 2016. I thought third round ran really well in the Buckhound Stakes behind Alazi. There is no Alazi in this race at Goodwood. So third round, 325 Goodwood is the nap. The next best, as I say, I'm taking on Hiltz. Now, I do respect him. There was loads of money for him that day when he won on his handicap debut. He flew from behind, as, as Ross said. Um, I think he's a horse to follow. I think he might be bumping into one. <laughs> I'm hoping he might be bumping into <laughs> one. Um, and that could be Nathaniel Green. This is obviously the 413 at Musselburgh. He's a slow developing son of Nathaniel, obviously a star stayer. Um, he's also a half brother to a horse who was fantastic over a mile four, um, a horse called Mike Frankel, rated 100 at his peak. He ran over one mile two last time at Chepstow, a course that 100% did not suit him, yet he still managed to win that race. He looked far different compared to the two runs we saw him at two. He seems to progress mentally and physically. I think the step up to a mile four will undoubtedly suit. William Haggis, 31 from 92 at Musselburgh, 34% mm. strike rate, and he's his only runner on the card. I think that's very crucial. Uh, for Nathaniel Green, but I do respect Hills. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, William Haggis' stats are just exceptional at the moment. 16 winners from 34 runners. And um, yeah, he, he knows how to place them anyway. So Nathaniel Green to take on Hills. Um, I'm going to take TC on with Third Realm with my nap, which is going to be Lone Eagle in the 325 at Goodwood. He's come back from a really severe injury. Um, he fractured a fetlock in the King George when he was last seen. Um, and I actually was surprised to see that he was going to come back into training, but I'm delighted that he he is. And he's back at the track um, where he won the cocked hat this time last year, where, where he beat the likes of, of Yabir. And uh, he's a very talented horse. He's a, on official ratings. Um, he's uh, got a mark of 119. So he's 11 pounds clear of, of the rest, which is third realm. And I think he is the talented horse in the race if he is um, at his very best for his first run of the season and uh, I'm, I'm hopeful for him for him uh, Martin Mead and Sylvester D'Souza my next best I'm going to go with our first two-year-old runner of the season which is Lulworth Cove in the 110 at Goodwood 
Um, the paddock, um, uh, anyone going to the paddock will, will be put off by her size. So she is a pony. There's not much of her, um, but we don't seem to, we wouldn't worry about that too much. She's got lovely breeding. She's from a very strong two-year-old family. And I was really impressed by a piece of work she did a couple of weeks ago when I saw her. So I think she can go well for her first run. Um, so that's the 110 at Goodwood. So that is it. That's all our naps and our next best for you all. Um, hopefully we'll continue on a, a good run of form. Uh, thanks to James, to TC and to Ross. And uh, make sure you like, subscribe, and we'll be back with you next week.